All right. Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John. I'm Randy. And we are continuing remote, uh, yeah. hopefully for the last week. And then next week we can move into our normal uh, situation again. But for today's episode, as always, we're going to bring your headlines going under the hood. I do have BMW updates. Randy, you brought up car vanity license, car vanity license plates, excuse me, um, which I think I might have some opinions about. Uh, we t- we discuss our least favorite car work before ending on a question from the listener. But first, let's kick it off with some headlines. Randy, kick us off. So for this week, it was announced that the RX-7 is becoming a part of the Mazda Heritage Program. And what that means is, well, firstly, they started that program off with the uh, original Miata. What with the Miata, you can basically buy every nut and bolt, or the goal is they, they'll allow for you to buy every single brand new nut and bolt all the way up to all. Well, I don't know about this for sure, but most major parts for the MX5. They just started this off with the RX7s, both the 80s boxy version and the, the infamous and very well loved FD3S, the uh, right. The um, last Art 7 that we've seen. Um, so the alternative to that is that the uh, Nissan folks are allowing for you to do a full nut and bolt restoration of a Skyline through Nissan itself, through their specialists and technicians. So um, if you've got half a million dollars, you can do a full resto on a GTR with uh, half a million with dollars 400 400k what oh just 400k what does that <laughs> yeah. include like, that includes a certificate that it was done through them and a full nut and bolt restoration so they build, they build it they build it for you they will rebuild the whole thing for you you have basically a factory spec brand new car down to the interior you could even redo the fix the dash or get a new dash based on if yours cracked and you want original or if you want newer materials in, in your interior. So full resto, full, 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 VIN matching resto across the board. But 400,000 for a 400,000, but you, you get a re- reset. Do you think it'll on- be worth more than that eventually because it was restoed by Nissan? I don't know, man, 400,000 for a GTR. <laughs> you know, Porsche did it. With an air-cooled Porsche that nobody believed in in the late 90s and the early 2000s, I can't see why the Skyline couldn't either. Oh, man, that's a lot of money, though, for a Skyline. It's such a... um, It's such... We put it on such a pedestal, though, that car. Yeah. As enthusiasts. Across the board, it's almost unanimous, right? Just like a Porsche, the brand, right? Yeah. So... I could almost argue that it's worth it if you've got the cash as an, and maybe not investment, but at least you, you almost don't want to drive it after. That's the only thing, right? I mean, I, I think maybe even just the 400,000 price tag on that restoration makes it the market value for that car. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Once um, you have your certificate of authenticity and you get it shipped to and from Japan, yada, yada. Oh, you if, know, those are going to get counterfeit. They could definitely. They could. We'll see what they do to you know work around but, that. Sure so you got to pay. So for us, we would have to pay four hundred thousand for the resto, then another however many thousand for carb. Still. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like 400,000 is too much. Like, it doesn't make sense to me why it would be 400,000. I mean, like, are you, are you turning in a shell and they're putting all the parts on it? Like, is that, do you know any more details on that? It's just, I don't, I don't know to what, um, it's probably got to at least have an engine. And, uh, Cause me and, for like and, a, and for frame. like a hundred one hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're building professional race cars. Yes, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, up to and, up to half a mil or more, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could probably get up there going with some crazy parts, but we're talking about OEM restos, mm-hmm. so we're not we're not talking about anything extreme here in terms of yes. parts, anything any expensive R and D or anything like that. Oh, right. So I don't um, know, man. It's steep. I can't say I can't. I disagree. I can't say that it is worth it. I can't. But uh, limited quantities, limited numbers. So GTRs, they only made 5,000 in its final year. Or I take that back, only 1,950 in its final year. Let me pull up some more production numbers. So, you know, I mean, maybe you and I aren't, don't have the deep pockets to pull this off, but. No, not maybe, that's confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's very true and i'm in full agreement of that but, but even numbers, if i did it's it, it would seem it would seem too extreme to, to even get half of that back eventually but i could be wrong the r32 the first year they made seventeen thousand. Second year 11 and then 11 again um so it, it's pretty limited in numbers and then it got lesser and lesser with each generation yeah so I think due to rarity, due to us, the U.S. not getting it, I think the fact that we never got it will skew the value of these cars on the higher end side of things. I think, yeah, I think there's two, there's two different things going on here. Because on the Nissan side, they are increasing the value of that car mm-hmm. by putting these, this option out there. Yes. Now on the Mazda side, the fact that they're making parts available instead of a, a resto at the factory, I think will actually bring the value down on the car. Well, no, not really. It'll probably increase it too for the people that are restoring to OEM yes. condition. Yeah. And the R34, they only made 11,500 units ever. Okay. And I don't, that, know, I don't really know what that means in terms of rarity. I know millions of Civics were sold, but that's... I you could I, say 100,000 Civics are sold just in the U.S. a year. Okay. It's very rare. Yes. Super. One in 10 Civics, I guess. Yes. Skyline. Yep. A GTR. I don't know, though, man. I don't know. So if you had the money, you would do this? I would. If I had money, GTR, I would do it. A GTR is going to cost you what? 100k no r32 is like 40 ish r32 i mean if i want to if i would want to give the car wait is it it's it's all r32 r33 and r34s right let's presume that i don't know that for sure okay i would probably would want to do it on an r34 of course but those are six-figure cars with like as today yeah but if if i have four hundred thousand dollars to drop on a resto yeah yeah. you know i got a hundred thousand dollars to drop on a g on a gtr and r34 that's that's a thousand percent true yeah Yeah. so 
Damn. One would assume. It's crazy. These yeah. numbers are crazy, but that's that's the game is getting interesting. Let's just call it that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into our next headline. Um, the BMW roast by BMW continues, Randy. Um, we had spoken before about their kind of tone-deaf posting on uh, Twitter. Now they're trying to get on this uh, tell me without telling me meme. Uh, and for those who don't know, it's people come up with different ways of saying, you know, like, tell me I'm a race car driver without telling me you're a race car driver. And then, you know, they'll post stereotypes or whatever. So BMW decided to be cute um, and appeal to the youth and said, tell us you drive a BMW without telling us you drive a BMW. And as you can imagine, the keyboard ninja- ninjas went bad, went ham, man, on, on BMW. Um, and the funny part is that they're almost all right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you a couple. Go for it. So these are the responses that users gave to BMW based on that posting. The last one got junk for valve seals. The one before that for a knocking engine. The one before that needed a new trans. And the latest one needed timing chain guides. Despite abuse, though, I keep coming back. So this was the most extreme one for me. And then after that, as I'm reading more, I'm like, man, these kind of hit home. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, so then I start going, I'm like, okay, the day after I bought the car, the starter failed. Within a year, it needed a valve cover gasket, an ABS sensor, a new power steering rack, an an oxygen sensor. And then they cap it off with my Honda with similar mileage, has needed nothing but oil changes and tires. And you found this to be the case for yourself, too, is what you're saying. Well, on this specific one, this is when I was like, huh, you know, I've owned a Honda, right? Never had an issue with the check engine light, ever. And I was, I had it when I was young. I was neglectful about my oil changes and all that stuff. And never had an issue. Whereas... With BMW, I think I've seen a check engine light in every single one I've owned. (laughs) (laughs) And I've owned four. And those are legitimate check engine lights, right? Legitimate check engine lights. Legitimate check engine lights. And so I was like, damn, that's that's a good point. So then this other guy comes up. He says, says, uh, replace the prop prop shaft center bearing twice in five years. Replace replace the coolant reservoir three times in five years, and re uh, reinforce the subframe mounts due to them ripping out. Mm-hmm. A la you. <laughs> wait, exactly. Was that <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like, I was like, wait a second. So the center support bearing on my E ninety two M three is out right now. Mm. So I have to replace that. We talked about the rear trailing uh, arm pockets that were torn before they got welded what's a center support bearing it's the uh center support bearing is the bearing that's just pretty much in the middle of the car that holds your drive shaft oh it's a a two-piece drive shaft so it'll articulate too much if there's no bearing there okay got it right so it holds it right at the center okay um and as as you know the the trailing arm pockets were already cracked um when i did the reinforcement so this is this i know this guy owns an e36 the guy that Ah. posted this owns an e36 for sure especially with the cooling system having to replace the cooling system it is a known issue 
that the reservoirs will crack. Okay. Uh, and then the last one, every light on every light on the dash is on, planned rod bearing failure and complete cooling system replacement. Wow. That is like the stereotype for BMW. So as I'm reading all this, I'm like, you know what? Like they deserve this. Mm. <laughs> it was their fault for posting this because this is this is my experience 100%. Because at first I wanted to say, mm, you know, I, I'm sort of the exception. I've never really had a car that has given me this many problems. But in reality, they have. I've just been able to take care of them. But they've occurred to me on the BMW side. But I'm still there. Now I'm even more afraid about taking my car to the track. Right. That's what I was going to say was it's interesting that you're basically doing all the preventative maintenance, expecting those things to fail. So you're just getting hitting it up front, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Plus, with track abuse, I'm not going to go there with 20-year-old parts, you know? Like, right, right, right. That, and that's a smart move. Yeah, and everything that needs to get touched on. So, but, you know, the... Tweets still continue right now. People are posting about this. BMW's marketing team really needs to get with it. And I, I don't understand why they're trying to appeal to the TikTok crowd. That's it's not the crowd that buys BMWs. But And to add to that, it almost makes you realize how powerful young people are because they understand what these memes and stuff mean. Oh, so yeah. They reference somebody young enough to know what the heck those things are talking about instead of letting somebody who doesn't know post it and you know doesn't know what the adverse effects may be which is what they're seeing now R randy just because you don't know the memes doesn't make it a young person thing i don't know the memes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you're on a so social media hiatus right yeah uh, um yes yes absolutely yeah, yeah so there's that but anyway let's get into our next headline um, so uh, this past week, SNL Saturday Night Live made fun of those the Christmas commercials where they give a gift of a vehicle, right? So they're usually, and we know we all watch TV, I hope or think. Um, we've seen ads, I hope we all watch TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in reference to this topic, yeah, the, the premise is. A spouse gives their other spouse, so I won't be gender, I'll be gender neutral with this. Right. One spouse gives their other spouse a brand new car on the driveway. It's usually covered in a mist of snow with a big red ribbon on the top. Yeah. Do you think for Christmas that people actually give cars as gifts, John? Oh, yeah. In the same way oh. that this, these commercials depict it? Uh, there's yeah, there's some square out there who does it, you know, like base they base their life on TV. Okay. So they this and they probably, you know, they have the money, so they're going to buy the car and put a big bow on it. Cuz uh, I will say that I think lux like Lexus and other luxury brands do let you borrow the bow to give. Borrow the bow? Yeah, yeah cuz what would you do with it after, right? Like you know that big red bow that they throw on top? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think I actually had a coworker that did this. Really? Yeah, and you know him too. I, w I won't call him out by name, but and you you know him too. He was uh, one of our mentors, I think. To his significant other. Uh, to his significant other, I think it okay. was Alexis too. But really? I, I don't. But I don't think he borrowed the bow. I think okay. he bought one. Okay. Yeah. You're not into it. You don't feel the cheese. 
I'm hell no. I mean, honestly, that skit I saw it too was spot on, man. I mean, it's like, how do you make a purchase that big without consulting somebody? Like, I'm not going to, or it's like kind of like uh, when you propose to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. like when you propose to your wife, you knew already that you guys were both ready. Up to that point, you had already discussed the possibility of getting married, right? Right, right. And it's just the tradition, the ceremony of, of engagement happens after that. Yes. It's yes. similar with the car, especially for us. It's like, I'm not going to get somebody a car unless they know what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And even then, like, I have to have the funds for it. But that excluded, like, I, I'm, I'm going to need, I need to know exactly what you want. Because I'm not going to buy you a, something that costs that much money for you to not like it or right. for you to think it's too much, whatever it is. But yeah, well, no, for, I'm, I'm not about it. And for car guys, you'd be like, well, I wanted this trim because of X, Y, Z, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's the base trim because you yeah. want to build the car up yourself yeah, or the well, premium, the highest trim because you just wanted everything, right? What, listen, would you trust your wife to buy you a car blind? Hell no. <laughs> 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 right am i right uh no i think i would trust nancy to but i have very i've made my taste very obvious but no let me ask you this would you have to write out every single spec in detail because like with purchasing a car whether user your dream jdm car anything think of all those possible possibilities where there are defaults and i think like if we're talking like oem cars if we're talking like a brand new like OEM, a, like a built car that's mm-hmm. different but a okay. brand new oem car like mm-hmm. i would almost i could almost guarantee it would be a it would be like a a competition m3 or a whatever whatever car it is she's probably just gonna go with the highest trim okay that's fair right that's a, like that's yeah bad. like i think that would be the thought process okay but yeah, like I, I don't, I wouldn't be concerned. I don't think. Well, there's nuances to that. Like the highest trim might not always have a manual. In some cases, just oh, a no, the oh no, dude. Oh, she knows, knows that. Like oh, she manual. knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Standards? That's what I would. Yeah. Like, so your standards. You okay. Know, I'm vocal about my, you know, uh, automatic hate. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That was funny. Oh man, but yeah, no. Would you like if you had the money? Would you do that? Oh, buy a, the wifey a car with a bow on it. I don't yeah. think I would do it in Christmas time. I'd find other times of the year. I don't know, like, like Easter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anniversary might make more sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, like a birthday, maybe. I mean, yeah, Christmas is just spending time. It's not really about gift giving. People always think it's just gift giving, you know. Yeah. Reward is anniversary. You've you've done a lot more accomplishment wise, right? I feel, oh, feel for like sure. That. Yeah, I uh, think so too. Yeah, no, I so agree. That would be my take: is give it on an anniversary, not Christmas, for sure. I guess which this is a random question. Which I guess holiday or event do you think has the most meaning out of like Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays, anniversaries? Like, which one is the bigger biggest accomplishment? accomplishments yeah 
I would say would, marriage anniversary is definitely a big one. I would give yeah. it a person, a person accomplishment. Yeah. Obviously I have my own religious holidays that take precedence over, you know, other ones. Right. So religion aside, as far as personal. Yeah. Anniversary is the biggest accomplishment. Yeah. Surviving one more year of your life. That's a pretty good one, but anniversary takes work. It really does. Getting married takes work. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know about birthdays. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, birthdays are probably last on my list. Personally, know. yeah, for myself, I don't care for my birthday that much. Yeah, others do. Is, so, yeah, I guess. But anyway, let's get into our last headline. Uh, the best drag car, Randy, seems to be a drift car. I don't know if you've been following this uh, unicorn versus the world um, on on YouTube. I so saw Ken, that they were Ken running. Blocked, yeah, yeah, Ken Block decided to run his unicorn against anybody who wanted to take him on. And he is undefeated in this car. And let, let me list you the cars that he's beat so far. An 1,100-horsepower drag Nova with slicks, right? 1,240-horsepower uh, tw- uh, 1, four-rotor RX-7. A 789 horsepower McLaren Senna, a 950 horsepower uh, trophy truck, a 1500 horsepower Chevy Impala Donk, an 1100 horsepower all wheel drive Audi RS3, and a 1200 horsepower turbo diesel F100 truck. Those are pretty impressive vehicles. Has, is he going to run against an EV? Um, I don't know. I, they don't really sit. They don't. They haven't really given the schedule. They just kind of come out as they happen. Um, but the most impressive. I mean, it's it's entertaining to watch these things. And I think anybody who's listening, I encourage you to go watch that if you have nothing else to watch. Um, but the most impressive thing about this to me is that Ken Block takes a car that can beat all these cars in a drag race and drifts it up Pikes Peak. You know, like the concept of having that much power at your disposal and taking it sideways, burning out almost the entire way up the mountain. It's it's insane, man. Like you don't really it's impressive to watch like the uh, the the Jim Connor videos and all that stuff. But uh, this really put it into perspective to me, the the monster that he's tearing up that, you know, tearing up through the cities and up that mountain. It's, you know, when you watch it, you're kind of like, eh, I could maybe manage some of that stuff. Hell no, dude. I think I'd, I'd trip just hitting the gas in one of those cars. What I love about that unicorn is the platform that he used for two reasons. Firstly, it's just gorgeous the way he set it up and how he stanced it out and everything that he did to it. Um, secondly, it's not such a rare car that you feel bad. It's a it's a Mustang 65 Mustang fastback, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just so nice and iconic and so Americana. I I love the car and it's cool. It is crazy, but I'd love to see it run against EVs just to see if it can really um walk the walk that ice is still king. So uh, yeah, I mean probably. I mean, I, I I think you should, you know, try watching some of these. That car, it looks like the the farther it goes down the strip, the faster it goes. It's just limitless in the type of speed that it can put down. Um, and apparently Ken Block hadn't drag raced prior to this. 
So that's even more impressive. I mean, he's used to going sideways, not in a straight line. Right. I'll have to check those out. I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, let's get into our next segments. And the next one is the BMW updates. And they are extensive, Randy. So uh, delays, delays, delays seem to be the theme of this entire build. Oh, it's not the post office this time. It's actually a lot of the vendors, um, I think, are having issues with supplies. Yes. Uh, um, I have some, uh, I ordered some rear lower control arms to expand my camber adjustment. Uh, And I ordered them, I think, end of November. And they were supposed to be here, you know, within five or six days. Um, And then all of a sudden I get a notification that they're not going to arrive until January 15th. As you know, I have a track day on the 22nd that I'm trying (laughs) desperately to reach Uh because I want to take this car there. But, um, but yeah, like these, and and they wouldn't, uh, they don't split the order up because I ordered multiple things. They Mm -hmm. wouldn't split the order up. Um, and the entire thing was delayed. So I had some tools and some seals that I needed that were also delayed because of that. So finally, I, I had to call support and ask them, like, can you split the order? They were able to split it for me. Um, and they told me that the camber arms would arrive by Christmas. So I think that's still a bit of a stretch, but it's not too long from now. And it still gives me some time ahead of the track day. Um, so then that happened uh and the idea was to put the rear end back together before I start messing with the transmission. Obviously, I have to wait until the 24th to put those up. So I'm like, okay, let's pull the transmission. Man, up until this point, I hadn't really given it much thought. The only other times I've ever taken a transmission out was using a lift. Mm-hmm. And it is a thousand times easier using a lift. Um, just being able to stand up and hold the transmission over your head with your hands is a huge help. But I was battling. First, it was battling the bolts, right? Okay. Every, in every forum, you see, okay, be careful when you're if you use an impact gun on the bolts because they're Torx bolts and you can easily strip them. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just not even gonna use. I'm not even gonna bother with an impact gun. Um. So I'm trying to force them by hand, but it it requires a two foot extension to get to some of the bolts. And I just couldn't get enough torque on them. And you don't have room, I imagine, right? I have barely any room, man. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not a fit dude, especially right now. Like, and I'm like doing crunches, trying to look up under, you know, under the transmission, look up. And aiming the bolts, and I'm like, oh my god, I cannot get these off. I got four off, and I had five to go. And I was like, man, I, I just, I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to take multiple days to do this. And so I'm fighting it. I'm using hammers. I'm like trying to tap it out, trying to do, you know. Luckily, at, since I had the intake manifold off, I did have some extra room to go through the engine bay um, and make sure that things were seated properly. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just. I'm I'm just gonna crank it with uh with the impact gun. I'm gonna you know be a little careful, but I, I have no other option, dude. I've been I was been fighting these forever. I put PB blaster on them. Um 
So I took the impact gun and this is, this was actually very frustrating, not even a victory with the impact gun, dude, they came out so easy. It was like, it was cake. Yeah. Once I got the impact gun on it, I mean, like I said, it was 10 minutes. And prior to that, it was like an hour and a half of battling to get those bolts off. So I'm like, okay, finally I got them off. Now it's just a matter of pulling the transmission out. Um, and I'm doing this by myself. But I have the transmission jack, and it, it has the pivoting base, so it's pretty easy to aim things. And I'm yanking on this thing, man, and it will not come out. Luckily, because I had the intake manifold off, I was able to see that the starter was stuck. So there's a little dowel that holds the starter on there uh, when, the, when the bolts are out. So I'm trying to work this thing off. It, uh, literally, another half an hour of moving it side to side, trying to get it off the dowel. Cause it was just almost seized onto that dowel. Finally was able to get that off. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in the clear. I'm gonna be able to pull this transmission out. Nope. Was not able to, I'm yanking on it. I, I, there's a video on Instagram, like where I'm putting my foot on the control arm to gain leverage, to be able to yank on it. And I'm just, at this point, I'm so frustrated. I'm just shaking and yanking. I'm like, what input shaft, you know, like, screw that. So I just, out of frustration, I lift it up a little bit and it shakes something loose. And at that point it comes out. And so I'm able to take it out. I drop it. I lower the transmission on the jack and the jack is still too high. So the top of the transmission is still a little bit in the tunnel and I can't roll out the transmission from under the car. <laughs> so... <laughs> under the car i had to lift the transmission off of the transmission jack and then uh uh take it out from under the car and i was finally able to get it out i mean and the the thing is disgusting I oh mean, yeah I, it was so bad dude it's like i was completely black my face was black i had black all over my arms it was like it was just 20 years of gunk. Like it looked like honestly the like the motor was leaking for a really long time and it was just spraying under but I think it is it's the rear main seal that's that's bad. And so um I had discussed previously with you I was like ah, I don't know if I want to do the rear main seal if it's good maybe I should just keep it this and this this and that but no nah, I I decided I'm going to do every seal um on the car on the motor and the transmission. So uh, just to make sure that I'm doing things correctly, because it's just, I don't want to risk it, especially after doing all that work. I, after, I took the after I took the transmission out and I put it, um, like I kind of put it to the side for the rest of the afternoon, dude, I felt like, I felt like I was getting sick. I was just so tired. I was worn out from working under the car and crawling around and yanking on this transmission. I, I, Definitely don't want to do that again. I think if I if I have to pull the transmission out, I'm probably going to go to the one of those rental rental places um, to to use a lift or buy a lift at the house because it was it was extreme, man. <laughs> it was it's just too much. So Did you need like just like six more inches of space, or you just that's not even worth it being on your back. It just straight up standing up. No, no, it's just a lift. It's just so much better. No, even if you have no more room, like if you had enough room to sit up, maybe, maybe that okay. might be enough, but uh, it's just having a lift is just so much better. 
um, when taking it a transmission. It's not as easy as I remembered, but it's not that hard either. I mean, it's okay. pretty basic. Right. So I decided. So I decided I just gonna do everything. I'm gonna do the three seals. I'm replacing a clutch pin. I'm replacing the te- the tent pins, as I told you. The selector joints. The shifters getting upgraded. So I got a new shifter in. Um, so I'm glad to get rid of the old shifter because that was a piece of crap. Throw out bearing, rear main seal, flywheel, uh, clutch, pressure plate, slave cylinder, clutch line. All those things are getting replaced. Um, and I already bought a clutch kit, right, with a lightweight flywheel. So being motivated, this was on Saturday. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to replace the clutch, the rear main seal, the flywheel, and the clutch today. So I go to unload the parts. I had them in, you know, in storage. And I'm laying everything out on my workbench just to make sure I have everything. And let me ask you this. Have you ever received or purchased a clutch kit that didn't come with an alignment tool? I've never done a clutch. What? Yeah. Really? Re- oh, really? I've only, owned a, I've only owned a, car, a, a stick shift car um, first starting with the Civic Si, which is brand new. So no, no problems. It's still on the yeah, original clutch. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. And it's 20K miles. It's still on the original clutch. Then the Subaru shat on me, and I had that done. The the prelude I had done when the engine got swapped. So I haven't had to really do it myself. And I don't have a desire to, honestly. Yeah, I don't think anyone has a desire to. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was a need for me. So this particular kit i have personally never received a kit that didn't come with an alignment tool most of the times you can buy this tool for five bucks there's almost no reason for a company to not include it because you can't install it without it and, and that's the fucking kit did not <laughs> include yeah dude did not include the alignment tool i was so frustrated i hit up i even uh, uh chatted the company i hit up the company through their website i'm like hey man there's no clutch alignment tool and he's like yeah it's not included it's not part of the kit. It's an extra how much? And it's an extra 12 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like at least say it, you know, it'd be it. like if the ad said does not include alignment tool, I would have ordered it at that time instead of finding out right now that it's not included. So or build it into the price or make it an option when you're yeah. checking out. So yeah. I had a rush. I had a rush order an alignment tool because I want to make sure I get all this stuff done this weekend. Mm. So I, instead of paying five bucks for an alignment tool like on eBay, I ended up paying twenty bucks for an alignment tool because I wanted to get it shipped here quickly. Um, but I actually just got the notification right now that it arrived, so it's probably done. so I'll be able to work on that this weekend. But I was like, what the hell? Like how? How? Like what's going on? Um, and then lower 36 is, um, your toe gets kind of out of whack. Okay. Um, so there's a company called drift tech that makes, uh, rear trailing on brackets that allow for more adjustment. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to those up just to make sure I'm good and dial. And, uh, and The their their two so again more delay so arms 
alarm late delay like to uh, early the low ones right now um at the point I'm okay with any oh, um to be able to make that track who need at Randy John are you there yeah I am I missed a lot of that <laughs> this damn zoom shit I, I think yeah, yeah. I missed a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was for the listeners, not for you. So we'll okay, there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you froze, and I was like, mm, should I keep talking? Should I stop? But whatever, we'll keep it going. Let's roll this into the next segment before Randy's internet really shits the bed. Um, <laughs> You started talking about the least favorite car work some time ago, and we we talked. We decided that we were going to talk about it on the show. Uh, we haven't been, had the opportunity until now, um, so we want to discuss what you know each of our least favorite car work is. And um, I have, um, I've had a lot of issues lately in the garage, um, but I, I have mine. But let's start with yours, Randy. Um, basically anything to do with a prelude. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Why? It's, um, it's stuck at a moment in time right around when I bought the S2000. Yeah. I, and it was sort of a money pit right prior to that, right? I would say so. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, I've got my money's worth out of the swap. Yeah. Um, I did the suspension update including upper control arms. Um, but I never got an alignment for the suspension updates. Really? Um, yes. Wow. And I've just been driving it with a wheel askew a little bit. <laughs> I drive it five, 10 miles at most. Oh my God. Yeah. Every two weeks. Yeah. So the risk is minimal and you're just like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it just, I haven't been motivated to touch that car. Um, the window has a broken wind, uh, motor on the driver's side. So right. it's, I only have one window that goes down and my moonroof. So it's kind of hot in there. Why um, don't you sell it? I've played around with the idea, but I put so much money into that car. <laughs> <laughs> I would never get my money back. So I might as well just keep it. If it dies, then maybe I'll part it out. But also, uh, the more time goes on, the more money you lose by not selling it, right? 
it's pretty much hit rock bottom as far as value. Yeah, you're probably right. worth two to two twenty five hundred. Um, yeah. If I part it out, I might get a little bit more, but I doubt it. It's fine. I can live with it just sitting there. My my neighbor said the same thing. Like, why do you have that thing? What's the <laughs> point? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like uh, I mean, I would probably get ready, you know, for like another fun car, right? I mean, maybe. Maybe you do get your Miata and build a race car out of that. Because, um, yeah, you could probably trade that for a Miata. Yeah, I almost traded it for the IS300, remember? But oh, it was an yeah, automatic. that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, an automatic with a broken AC. Uh, I don't regret passing on it. I do. I think about it when I'm not driving it, but when I drive the car, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is okay. It's worth the, you know... Keeping, keeping it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. I just if you're not giving it any attention, it's almost like uh, why, right? Yes. Yeah. Not good aftermarket parts on it. So, and it's not a um, thief magnet. So that yeah, makes it right. kind of appealing. Yeah, man. It's just Hondas. They continue. They to do be stolen. continue. Yes. That's crazy. But my least favorite car work, Randy, is washing my car, man. Yes. I have I, I struggled with the with the axles for weeks. I was exhausted and sore from taking the transmission out on my back. But still, I don't know what it is about washing a car. And the worst part is that I hate have I hate driving a dirty car about the same amount. <laughs> so so I, I just don't know what it is. I just hate washing my car. It's not something I like to do. A close second though. A close second to washing my car is anything that comes after a check engine light. Mm. Anything, anything that comes after a check engine light is just you approach it with dread. I always approach it with dread when it's a check engine light. You know, if it's something it happens I'm that great, often. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, dude. Yeah, every thirty-six I've owned. Uh, actually, this one, this current thirty-six, has not had a check engine light so i'm not even gonna knock on wood on that one it's it's just a matter of time before it happens yes i just i just hope the motor lasts me through 2021 if it gives me 2021 i'm happy it can blow and i'll replace it next year but just give me 2021 and and, and i'll be happy assuming how many times at the track out of curiosity assuming i'm at the track once a month okay so 12, so 12 track days yeah 12 track days. 12 track days maybe a little more frequently depending on when i can get out there or not um but but yeah i'm number one for sure washing my car i just I, i'm not about washing my car and you on the other hand buy like washing car washing equipment like all the time yeah i even bought a power washer that's um it's not as good as the coin op car washes but it's definitely it does the trick kind of it's almost it's actually a little bit of a waste of money to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you like slowly rolled into that <laughs> and the reason i say that is because um the wa the water at my house is actually very hard so it leaves water spots all over the car I have the same issue. I have the same issue here. I have to get a water softener also. 
Right. And so yeah. the, the water at the car washes, it doesn't have that problem. So you're kind of almost getting that benefit. I don't want to buy a water software. So. Oh, really? Not really. We've got uh, water filters for drinking water that have softening and all that stuff. So. Yeah. So you're just like. Yeah. I mean, you're because ours is so bad that some the dishes sometimes get like a haze to them, like a glass. So yeah. We're going to we're going to invest in a water softener. But, you know. It is what it is. Yes. Anyway, let's get let's close out this episode with a question from the listeners. And this one, Randy, comes all the way from Norway. Lars sent us a question. Um, you know, they hit us up from Norway. If cars weren't your hobby, what would your hobby be? If cars were not my hobby, what would my hobby be? Yeah. Um, interesting. So assuming all else the same in my current life situation, yeah, I'm going to do something like nerdy. If um, a true hobby, maybe like model some things like Gundams or, or something like model cars. Like Funko Pops? Um, no, I don't collect stuff that, <laughs> that give me no value of building and no reward at the end. Oh, you want to be able to build them. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, I have a weird uh, curiosity about taking things apart and, or putting things together. Yeah. So that's why you see all kinds of dumb like electronics around the, <laughs> on my desk. Your broken flashlights and shit. <laughs> yeah. An old iPad. I, iPod, <laughs> you know, like, because I, I like to take it. them I apart. Can fix it. <laughs> yeah, I like to take them apart and refurbish them, maybe sometimes, but not yeah. always. And yeah. then things like the flashlight, that's funny because you you brought up a damn good point and I just bought, went out and bought a new one. Yeah, man, you were battling them. I'm like, why don't you just, but they're not that expensive. So, yeah, and I, thought about, <laughs> I thought about the time I spent. I'm like, John is great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to learn to pick and choose my battles a lot better than I currently am. So, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But if cars, what if cars wasn't a hobby for me, um, I think I would have taken, I'd still be taking guitar a lot more seriously. Mm. Um, I sometimes regret is probably not the right word, but sometimes I'm I frustrated, I guess, by the fact that the car world, my investment in the car world has taken me away a little bit from the guitar. Yeah. I mean, I still I still have my guitars, they're sitting here right next to me, but mm-hmm. I, those amps haven't been on in like a year. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, like, you know, you, you don't like if you don't use it or if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So, yes, I mean, it's like true. getting back into the guitar. I, I always tell myself, all right, let's set an, let's set an hour a day. OK, like maybe an hour a week. Mm-hmm. But you just don't have enough time, man, like between yeah. work and having the build. Maybe once the race car is done, I think maybe I might have a little more time. But yes. definitely if the car if cars wasn't my hobby, I would probably be into guitar a little more for sure. I probably okay. read more too. <laughs> read books. <laughs> <laughs> read books, yeah. Yeah, instead of reading just like car manuals and mm-hmm. car news and car magazines. And, and car maybe, forums. Yeah, and car forums. Probably be more educated. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I spend most of my time is just searching car stuff online. 
Yep, I know the feeling. I'll some, form, some way or form of that. But anyway, that is our episode. How would you find this, John? You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. Also, comment on Instagram. Shout us out. DM us. Because for the holiday season, I think the algorithm changed. And I've getting, been getting uh, less exposure um on our post so i'm curious as to what's going on but yeah you know interact with us i'll always respond uh if you want to send us any emails info at 91octane.com randy any last words uh just uh happy holidays merry christmas to the christians and enjoy the time off yeah for sure happy holidays for sure merry christmas and take care everybody good night good night